Welcome to Games We Grew Up With, a podcast that relies on nostalgia and a geeky sensibility. Each episode, we'll talk about one of the video games that left an impression on us as kids, put on some rose-tinted glasses, and reminisce about it, then replay the game and see how it's held up over the years. This episode, we'll be pogoing to the past and talking about Commander Keen in Goodbye Galaxy for the PC. I'm Katie. I'm Chris. We've thrown on our Packers helmet and hopped into our bean with bacon mega rocket. So let's talk games. Woo! So we are on episode 31. We've made Woo-hoo. it past our triple decade of episodes. What I was just That's thinking not... is we're getting close to our age episodes. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a good thing we've slowed down a little bit then. <laughs> stay stave off that aging process it's been good though it's been good we're into the final month of the year it's that time of year where everyone gets stressed out buying stuff and visiting people and gaining weight because of holidays oh i've been gaining weight for about a year and a half so (laughs) no worries there i agree with that statement (laughs) i will say this is also the time of year where we get things like our spotify year-end review and that was really cool for the podcast yeah you know we always say this at the end but honestly thank you guys so much it's so awesome that we have people it was like 26 countries we have listeners from somewhere around there yeah something like that there were like 26 countries we had listeners from we had so many hours of people listening in we had a huge increase in our followers honestly it just means the world to us like we could have two followers and we'd probably be excited and do this because we have a lot of fun just being nerds but it's awesome that it's growing and we really love the community we're building and we just want to keep building it because you're good people yeah, it, it was it was really, really awesome and kind of humbling to see. And I had to laugh that our, our listening time was up because I actually listened to our episodes less this year, probably, because I used to just kind don't, of... Don't give Sorry. away our secrets. I'm not, I'm not throwing off our metrics at all. <laughs> we don't listen to ourselves to boost our own metrics. You shut up. I just like listening to my own voice. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, that's fairly accurate. I also like listening to myself. So... So our Spotify wrapped. Honestly, though, thank you so much for everyone who's been with us through this year, through the changes, our adjustments to kind of a slower schedule to accommodate other things. Mm. You all have been awesome. It's been great. So thank you very much. And we hope you've enjoyed thank the journey so, so far. Thank you so much. Yeah. I had to laugh in one of the discords that we're in. Uh, someone was asking about audiobooks to listen to. And then someone else was like, well, I found that listening to games we grew up with the second time is just as good as the first time. Aww. And I was like, I know you're blowing smoke up my butt, but I appreciate it. I th- And thanks for listening twice, I guess. That's the real reason our uh, listening hours went up. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, though, it's awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, again, we're always taking suggestions. We're always taking input. We love when people reach out to us. It means the world. So please keep doing that. We're also going to peel back the the veil a little bit. We're not running out of games, but we're running out of games that we're super, super familiar with. So please give us suggestions. And if nothing else, jog our memory. Because I'm sure there's tons of games out there that we've played and that have forgotten we've played. So we are definitely open to suggestions. Absolutely. I'm definitely opening to editing a bunch of this down. Yeah, we'll we'll work on that. (laughs) Yeah. No, but we're suggestions, games, 
thoughts. Uh, I think this game is a great example of the number of people I saw in chat and in conversation be like, oh my God, I forgot about this game. So yeah. we have done that too. So please suggest games to us. Other video gaming news on kind of a sadder front. On December 6th, Masayuki Umara, who is the creator of the NES and SNES, unfortunately passed away at the age of 78. Um, Obviously, that's huge. He created, he was the architect who created those systems that are so influential on the whole industry. So, sad sad news there. Looks like he lived a well and full life, so we are happy about that. But sad news for the video game world. Sad news, yeah. One of the one of the people that's not necessarily talked about because you hear about the developers all the time, and he did do some development on some of the lesser known games, but he was he was the hardware architect behind the that Famicom and and Super Famicom, which we know as the NES and the the SNES. So it's it is it is sad news, but. Again, it, his contributions to video games are obviously can't even put a number on yeah, it. Yeah, it's immeasurable because the video game industry wouldn't be what it is today without those systems. It's just no. it's fact. So it, it was bringing back bringing back video games from the crash of Atari. R.I.P. You changed a lot of people's lives for the better. So thank you. S- Certainly ours. (laughs) Definitely ours. Uh, Other big news, of course, is the Video Game Awards are actually happening as we are recording. Uh, Spoilers to when we're recording. (laughs) So there's, I'm sure, going to be a ton of new announcements that come out there. We will definitely be looking into anything that might relate to us. Uh, In my news, they talked a little bit more about the new Final Fantasy VII remake. So I'm always interested in that information. I don't even know. I've sort of been following some of that stuff. I know uh, Halo Infinite got some sort of recognition, even if that game's a hot mess right now. Yeah. I know it was just released. The campaign was just released anyways. No, I thought the multiplayer was just released. Is it campaign or multiplayer? Multiplayer's been out for a bit. That was the the beta for the multiplayer. I didn't think the actual game was Oh, was it? So I guess the game is officially out then. I don't care. Anything after Halo 3... Yeah. Didn't, well, I guess Reach was still developed by Bungie. I mean, maybe but... maybe we'll try to figure out if we'll play a little bit because we did play through the first one. It'd kind of be fun to watch, go straight to the modern one and just watch us just be awful. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Get a demo if I don't have to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, Blizzard wasn't invited to the awards. Yeah. So because of all that drama. Womp womp. Jeff Keeley ain't got no time for you, wi- Blizzard. Ugh. Call them wizard. <laughs> But that I'm sure there'll be lots of great news coming out from the Video Game Awards, so we'll be looking for that. Not obviously in the retro world, but hey, remakes of retro games, that's really been helpful to us so far in bringing back the nostalgia, so that's always good news. I mean, I mean, it's one of those bottom-of-the-barrel, got no ideas, let's remake a retro game. To be Whee! fair, spoilers on a future episode that we need to get to, uh, they are working on the KOTOR remake. And so that's exciting. Oh man! So we need to play it before then. Back when, back when Bioware wasn't also a hot mess. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> spoiler to a future episode, we're eventually going to play Kotor. One day. One day. <laughs> anyway, so just kind of uh, lots of things going on in the video game world and in our world. It's the end of the year, so, and so, let's add to that and do our final 
video game trope of the day. Trope of the day! Well, final for 2021. I was trying to figure out how to do that in a holiday way, and I don't think there's a... See, now I'm all thinking is trope of the day, trope of the day. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of wish I had like jingle bells around here or something like that. I don't have it. Yeah, maybe we'll add a jingle bell sound effect. (laughs) Yes. Okay. The Carol of the Bells is good, though. Thank you. So, Chris, what is our video game trope of the day? Well, in true holiday spirit, our trope of the day is persistent corpses. You almost spit my wine out. <laughs> I, I was going to say, um, <laughs> listeners of the podcast just missed Katie almost spit out all of the wine that was in her mouth. <laughs> Because she knew where it was going, too. And as soon as I, I said the... The, the lead-in, I was just... The lead-in. Katie almost <laughs> lost it. Oh, God. And now that Katie has managed to not spit out all of her wine, can you tell us what persistent corpses are as a trope? So in a majority of games, when you're playing and you kill an enemy or defeat an enemy or however you want to address it in that particular game, after a while, the body disappears. It's just so it doesn't clutter the screen, so it doesn't get in the way. It's, it's very typical for video games, especially old games where they didn't want it sticking around and getting in the way of processors. The body mm. would disappear. However, that is not always the case. There are exception to that rule and that's where our persistent corpses is and that's where they consciously leave the bodies that you have killed wherever you happen to kill them so when uh this idea came from tom hall during the keen development actually to give the player some sense of weight when they killed the enemies they wanted people to be like to remember your damage that you've done essentially mm-hmm. and kind of make you live with what you've done too yeah. this was kind of going into the uh, i guess he had been reading freud <laughs> and, you know, the whole thing where they had gone from ideas of the deep to id software, ideas from the deep, whatever. And it was like, you know, they're reading about the id. And, and so that was like, live with your consequences, stuff like that. Yeah. So- this actually caused some problems in in Keen because a lot of parents were like, oh, we don't like dead bodies hanging around. Even if they're dead aliens. Yeah. So they ended up changing that in the second trilogy to them being, quote, stunned. stunned. <laughs> <laughs> but so this is in a lot of those early id games, you see it. In Wolfenstein, it happens. We talked about it actually during our Wolfenstein reviews. Yeah. Uh, Doom, it happens. Um, other games, it pops up in. It's definitely in like Half-Life, Halo, um, the Elder Scrolls games do a pretty good job of keeping corpses around. Yeah. A lot of stealth games do it too as a challenge yeah. to you. So I know like, especially in the modern day Hitman, Hitman games in general, but especially the modern one, yeah. a big part of it is hiding the corpse so you're not detected as early. So those stick around, right. which I find really interesting. I like when they almost not just add weight to what you've done, but actually then add it to gameplay. So like in stealth games, it's like you have to hide it or people will find you. Or even yeah. in, in the the modern game Among Us, the body sticks around until someone finds it because that's part of the mechanic is you have right, to find the bodies right. of your teammates who have been killed. Otherwise, you know, you don't know. And I find that really, really interesting of when you kind of build it in and actually use it as part of the mechanics of the game as well. 
And even when it wasn't a mechanic on purpose, as as you said, we we used it in Wolfenstein as some uh, sick, twisted Hansel and Gretel uh, breadcrumb trail through the level. So if you got lost, it was one of those. It's like, oh, there's a pile of corpses in this I've room. I guess here. I've already been here. Uh, I think in, on the opposite side, you have games like. In particular, the um, Soulsborne uh, type of games where your corpse sticks around so you can go back and get right. your stuff back from it when you die. <laughs> yeah, that that is that is true. I think Diablo, is that's a big thing, reclaiming your items. Until it just kills you again right in the same spot. Oh, I mean, yeah. That, that happens can, a lot. <laughs> that could just lead to a, a daisy chain of bodies because you can't quite get to all of your equipment. So it's definitely something uh, that it isn't in every game, but it actually pops up more often than you want. And again, I, I like when it's used in the game and it's effective yeah. as part of the mechanics. So producer Kyle brought up, because I didn't see that ending, if you think about it. So notoriously in Fable 3, you have to beat the game with money, basically. Right. Yeah. And if you don't, though, because you can, in theory, go forward and not pay that fee and not have an army. And yeah, and then... Damocles happens. Yes. And the bodies of everyone who dies because of that stay there for the rest of the game. Ha! So you have to be reminded for the rest of the game that thousands of people died because of your choices. Oh, Peter Molyneux. What a, <laughs> what a guy. So there's that example. But anyway, it's it can be used really effectively to remind... And that's a good remind you of your choice. This is a choice yeah. or an action you took... And therefore, you know, you have to deal with the consequences of it. Because those bodies are sticking around with you. <laughs> and that's why Persistent Corpses is our video game trope of the day. Trope, 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 trope of the day! <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that got weird. <laughs> You got weird. <laughs> I literally thought, like, when you said persistent corpses, like, because I had no idea. Shoot! Get away, corpse! No, I was thinking it was the corpses that, like, that just kept coming back. Like, uh, like, the, like the, you kill, like, the, like, the dry bones. And, oh! And, um, and the little, the, 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 the little guys in, in Diablo. I, what the fuck are they called? The little imps. Oh, the the fallen or the yeah. the ones that keep getting resurrected by the show. Yeah, that's actually an interesting point. That just reminds me of uh, there was a D and D trope of like when your party goes and frees uh, all of the undead corpses from the lich, uh, the lich king, and the necromancer in your group is like, I wouldn't say free. I would say under new management. <laughs> <laughs> like that's dark. As our game of the episode, Chris, tell me a little bit more about. Commander Keen. So we are going to be specifically talking about Commander Keen in Goodbye Galaxy, which is the second trilogy of Keen games. And again, specifically, we're going to be talking about Secret of the Oracle, which is the fourth episode in the Keen series, the first episode of the second trilogy. Sort of. Sort of. Sort of. So, Secret of the Oracle was released in December of 1991, developed by id Software, which we said so many times, weird to think about, that this is the same id Software that gave us Wolfenstein, Doom, and Quake. Mm -hmm. 
It was released on DOS. It was published by Apogee Software, which was id's shareware kind of vessel. So interestingly enough, this was the first game that id Software published after they had left the company called Softdisk. And as a bit of history, so when they developed the first Keen trilogy, all of the id guys known as Ideas for the Deep, at that point, were working for this company, Softdisk, releasing software for them. And then in the evenings, they were taking their work computers home and developing this original Keen game. That's funny. Yeah, so that got released through Apogee, and then it kind of came about, and the owner of Softdisk was like, uh, what? Did you just release a game with someone and are making all this money... Yeah, essentially moonlighting making this game. And they're like, all right, we're not going to sue you. Just make us a Keen game. So that's where that Keen Dreams came from. Oh. They developed that and released it through Softdisk, except it was practically just a prototype for Goodbye Galaxy, and like no one talks about it or barely played it. That's funny. Because they tried to release it as just like a, a retail title. Interesting. Yeah, so uh, Goodbye Galaxy was supposed to be a trilogy, started as a trilogy. It was Secret of the Oracle, uh, the Armageddon Machine, Mm -hmm. and Aliens Ate My Babysitter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what ended up happening was Secret of the Oracle was released as that shareware model with Armageddon Machine being the thing that you could buy afterwards. And then Aliens Ate My Babysitter was released as a standalone retail title through this company, FormGen, which we talked about in the Wolfenstein episode because they're the ones that re-released Spear of Destiny, which was the Wolfenstein standalone retail one. Yep. So Goodbye Galaxy was a derivative of that Keen Dreams in the sense that Keen Dreams was almost kind of like a tech demo where they had stuff like uh, changed gameplay, improved gameplay from the original trilogy, which was Invasion of the Vorticons. And then they had better graphics. They added parallax scrolling, which was a big deal back then, because uh, if you're not familiar, that's when essentially you've got layers of background and they move at different speeds as you walk along. So it kind of gives you a sense of 3D movement. Now, if you use like an engine like Unity or or um, Game Maker Studio, that's just built in. Back then, John Carmack spent weeks and weeks and weeks trying to figure out a way to do that. So all of that got rolled into Goodbye Galaxy. So one of the cool things when they were designing this game too was all of those guys from Softdisk lived in the same the same lake house in in Shreveport, Louisiana. So they were just like, it was like a party house. They would just set up their computers around this table. Land party. Yeah, and just code all the time. Like, it was crazy. So they they did a bunch of development in this Shreveport house. And then halfway through, Tom Hall, the designer, was like, I want to go back to Madison. Because we want to get out of Shreveport because it's hot and gross Mm -hmm, and... mm -hmm. So they went to Madison, but Tom Hall never told them how cold Madison gets during the winter. And half of them were from Louisiana. Oh, no. So they did the rest of the development of of this trilogy in in Madison, Wisconsin, and froze their butts off before they moved to Texas, where they ended up for 
you know, all the other stuff. That seems mean. It yeah. It seems mean. <laughs> so, critical response. Uh, the sales of this were below the original trilogy. Um, Scott Miller of Apache Software blamed the falling sales on a lack of a third episode, which is fair enough. Uh, he thought that undercut the shareware model of the game. Still, it was said to be one of the top sharewares of 1992, behind only Wolfenstein 3D. So, th there might be some bitterness from Scott Miller, since he kind of got cut out of that third episode. That's fair. Since it was a, a retail release. Like, he, he always hated the retail model. Especially, you know, since he was behind. All that shareware. Yeah. Well, shareware... It, made sense for them right because they're spending literally pennies on the dollar i think they said they got 98 cents for every dollar through the shareware model because all they were doing was taking orders and shipping out a disc in a plastic bag <laughs> ziploc bag ziploc bag yeah classy that's how that's how old school this was which kind of leads into the next part is we couldn't really find any reviews or scores anywhere. I looked ever. There's no official scores. There's some user scores out there. Uh, Metacritic had 13 user reviews at an average of yeah. 7.8. 13. That's and, it. And and honestly, I found a couple other like GameSpot had one that was like five out of ten, but it wasn't yeah. official one. It was a. It was a. It was like someone in their forums doing. Oh it. Like, yeah. It was. There was just nothing. It's just they just didn't find any like even quotes about the game. But it really, it really wasn't commercially acclaimed, right? Mm -mm. Because this was this was the shareware underground. It was it was distributed through BBSs and stuff like that. So really, no one knew about this game except people that were on these at the time underground forums on on the not even internet yet. So it's it's understandable, and and you can see this in the speed runs. We we like to talk about speed runs all the time. So the any percent speed run for uh, this is this is just secret of the oracle. Ten minutes, twelve seconds, ah. which I could believe. Yeah, I mean it's still quick as heck, but that was set seven years ago. And as we've talked about in other episodes, that's probably like I think a year ago was the longest we'd gone before this that we yeah. saw a speed record like this is that's a long time the most recent speed run that was on that board was fourth place which was nine months ago the 100 percent speed run was 17 minutes seven seconds seven years ago uh same user as the 80 percent and the glitch list was 1359 which was set a year ago and then i was like all right and I looked, and there's only 13 runs submitted by seven users Jeez. on speedrun.com. So what you're saying is we could beat the game and submit our time. <laughs> I mean, technically. Speed run, speed run. It... <laughs> It'd just be like three hours long. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, technically, I guess we could get on this leaderboard. <laughs> I never said we had to be good. We say this, and did either of us have a time that we could submit? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Which we will get to. So on that lovely note of us 
alluding to our playthrough of the game. First, we have to talk about our memories of the game before we play through the game. So I think it's time to play that Chiacarina of Time and head back to the past and hear what past Katie and Chris thought about this game. So let's do it. Let's go to our rose-tinted section. Play that Chiacarina of Time. Let's go. So with the music you just heard, we are back in the past, back to talk about the game before we had a chance to play the game. So Chris, what do you remember about Commander Keen? I'm trying to remember what version we played, because I know there's a ton, and I know we just had whatever came with the joystick. I'm pretty sure it just came with the joystick, Ooh, and I was I'm pretty sure this was definitely the shareware version. <laughs> which means we only had like the first part of whatever game it was See, and we that, never bothered buying the rest of it that makes a lot of sense uh yeah. i didn't even know that there was more than one commander keen to be fair i just thought there was <laughs> one game and then we were looking at it before we did this and i was like oh which one did you play and i was like uh-oh <laughs> yeah i i'm pretty sure based on the list that we've seen that it was secret of the oracle or something okay. like that right the, the the one picture I saw looked correct, so yeah, we'll find out. Because again, shareware. So we only played like one of the games that was either a trilogy or something like that. Right. So what do you remember about the game itself then? I remember jumping around on a pogo stick. I feel like that is the lasting memory. Oh, I forgot. Big green, like yellow helmet, purple shirt. His outfit. And a pogo I remember. Stick. Yeah. And blue pants. I think he had jeans or something. or Yeah, something like that. And now that you remember... say that, I remember pretending to be Commander Keen on our pogo stick. Now that, that you say that. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. I want to say you had a stun gun in this game, too. Yeah, that I, could, I like, definitely remember. And it made a very distinctive, like, splat-type noise when you mm -hmm. either shot it or hit someone with it. Yeah. Uh, what am I clearest memories of this game was that he had a wristwatch that like had like the save menu and everything like that but it also had pong and you could play oh, pong right. on his wristwatch i had forgotten about that part and i definitely spent too much time playing pong on his <laughs> just playing pong i mean i don't know if we ever actually beat this game i'm not sure that we did don't think so. Because it was not an easy game. No, it was clearly aimed at kids because he's a kid. I remember the bright colors and it's platforming. Yeah, so it was super cartoony. Uh, 2D, 2D scrolling platforming, I want to say. Yes, yeah. And it, it was super cartoony, super aimed at kids. I still don't think we were very good. And I still think we did not beat the game at all. No. Something I, I found out later, I think, is that they call him Commander Keen, but his actual name is Billy Blaskovich. And where have we heard that name before? Wolfenstein! Which I didn't so, realize till Chris told me during our Wolfenstein episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Commander Keen, I feel like the, the lore is that he is BJ Blaskowitz's grandson or something like that. Fair enough. I, I don't remember a ton of the plot other than bouncing around, as I said. Yeah. Building a spaceship, maybe? I don't I don't remember. I can't say I remember a ton about the game besides just 
actually playing it. And again, the Pong. I, for some reason, remember playing the Pong <laughs> a lot, which is so ridiculous when you think about it. I think I remember some of the music, at least in the first couple levels. That sticks out in my head. I, I remember some of the enemies. There were some enemies that are just like a red ball. I also remember this is definitely a game when I started learning about that similar actually in Sonic that they can shoot things at you from the walls at times. Yeah. Definitely things that were like traps and stuff. Traps. Yeah. That would be like, you'd stand there if you weren't careful and it'd be like, thunk. And you're like, (sighs) death. It's weird to think about that. This game was made by the same people that made Wolfenstein and doom. It is very funny. And that's the whole joke of, I remember hearing later on that you can find commander Keen's head in Doom? Doom 2. Doom 2. It's in the, the super secret level. Yeah. It's like a bunch of a bunch of Commander Keen's like um in a noose. <laughs> it's dark. Yeah. You know, Doom. By the way, uh listening to something about Doom, I think that's because one of the artists hated Commander Keen cuz he thought it was too cutesy. Oh. So he drew like he drew like sketches of like Awful things happening to Commander Keen. Oh, poor Commander and Keen. <laughs> it's probably that's why it ended up in Doom. I mean, that sounds right for a video game developer yeah. to do that and it ends up in a game, but like, oh, Commander Keen. <laughs> I didn't have a problem with him. No. I I liked this game. I think it was hard. <laughs> I all those all those games were hard. Like all those platformers were hard, but but I mean, that was the point of the games. Obviously, was it right. was it was difficult and it wasn't straightforward. But you know, it was something. It was it was really fun to play. It was a kid main character, mm-hmm. which you know is appealing to children. That that's how right. it works. So I, I I do have very good memories of it. I think, like you said, his his look was very distinctive. The yellow helmet, yeah. the purple shirt. Like that, the very was just, pale skin. The very pale skin that was just so distinctive. The big watch on his wrist, which again, and I remember it was specifically yeah. like he would look at it, and it was the grayish background with the green, you know, light up, and that's how mm. and you played pong. I wish I was, I remembered more about this game than just pong, but it's just <laughs> so funny. It's like one of my main memories of this game. Maybe because it's like... the only thing I was good at in the game. Yeah. <laughs> <is> pong. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like we played this very, I won't say infrequently, we played it frequently, but only played it for like 15 minutes and then got bored and exactly, moved on to something else. Exactly, it was never like a long-term game that we played all the time, you know? And we always played it with the joystick, which I feel like we didn't have to. I can't imagine that it was any easier to play it with a joystick. No, but it was fun just to do it on principle. Yeah. <laughs> So that's funny. I, I didn't remember playing with the joystick, but that makes sense. Because I do remember playing games with a joystick, and this must have been one of the only ones I would have played. Because I wouldn't have been playing any like the flying games with it. So No. Because no, clearly. <laughs> and the Indy 500 game. That was the other... We had a driving game that used the joystick. I have no memory of that whatsoever. <laughs> I believe you. I just... Yeah. Zero memory of it whatsoever. So we're going to figure out how we're going to play this game. I'm sure it's on Steam. It's on Steam. Okay, very good. 
So not really a lot of rose-tinted memories of this game, because I think we got it when we were so young and played it for kind of, as we said, a short amount of time frequently, which just means there's not a lot of, of deep memories to it. Mm-hmm. So that being said, Katie, what is your rose-tinted score of this game? I have to give it a six, which feels really low, but I really don't remember anything but Pong, which isn't really telling of how good the game was. <laughs> I keep going back to that, but it's just, it genuinely is the truth. And so I I remember playing it. I remember liking it well enough, but if I was mainly playing it to not play it, it's mm-hmm. not really indicative of me enjoying the game. Right. So... It, it just has to stick to that lower score of a six. What about you, Chris? What was your rose-tinted score? Probably a seven and a half, because I remember having fun, but again, not clearly enough to play it for an extended period of time. And then I, we just kind of moved on from it at some point. So I enjoyed it for flashes, but not enough to come back to it. Yeah. So what do you think your projected score for this is going to be? And that that makes it so tough because I have so few memories of the actual game. I it's hard. I can't even like gauge of like, well, I remember this about the game and I might like that or I might not like that anymore. So I'm going to give it the average of a seven out of ten. I don't think it'll be terrible. The graphics are simple, but there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I just don't think there's going to be very much depth to it, which clearly I don't think there was back then, which is why we didn't go in depth with it. So right. we'll give it a 7 out of 10, which might be a bit generous for that, but I, I just don't remember enough to, I think, be harsher on it, ironically enough. What about you? Hmm. What's your predicted score? I'm going to go with an 8 out of 10, only because I kind of know the cultural impact of of Commander Keen at that time. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of shading even if i haven't played it since then it's kind of cheating i would go higher but since i do remember it being like a shareware episode type game i don't know how long it's gonna be which might be a detriment to it so yeah for sure so we'll see this is interesting because both of us are going up from our rose scores i don't think we've done that in a while. Especially for a game that we both don't remember. <laughs> yeah. I think we're being nice. We're trying to be too nice to Commander Keen. I think we are. But again, I, I feel like there's this game has a good reputation. So, yeah, it might be cheating. So it, It's not. We're allowed to use our current knowledge of the industry <laughs> and such to judge, I feel like. So we're going to stick with those scores. I gave it a rose score of six. You gave it a seven and a half. For predicted scores, I gave it a 7, you gave it an 8. Let's take those scores, bring them back to the present when we actually have played the game, and see how we did and how they held up. So, let's play that Chi Ocarina of Time. Sounds good! So, we are back from the past. We have played Commander Keen. We have. At least some of it. My grand scheme was to play significantly more. But before we get into that, why don't we talk about some of the basics of Commander Keen in Goodbye Galaxy, specifically Secret of the Oracle. The shareware one. So, in theory, there was a plot to this game. 
But like a <laughs> lot of games of this era, nobody knew it and nobody cared, honestly. No. You're not playing these games for the plot. But if you did, in fact, care about the plot, there was an opening scroll that was like three sentences. <laughs> yeah. And then I think in the game you could also go and they'll explain more in depth. You'd have to, yeah, you would have to go to like a, like hit like F12 or something like that to bring up the manual. Yeah, there's a manual that you can go through. And basically the game starts just a few months after the end of the last trilogy. Uh, Commander Keen is back home after he had freed the Vorticons. He overhears on his new invention, which is this like radio thing, a message from the Shikari, Shikati, 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 let's go with that. There's no audio, so shibati, I can, shibati, it's whatever shibati, we shibati. want. Uh, oh, that's Kabadi. <laughs> message, it says basically they plan on destroying the Milky Way galaxy, and he's like, nope, it's a job for Commander Keen, yeah. So he goes to figure out how does he stop them because he doesn't know where they are, what they're going to do. doesn't have any information. So he wants to go to the Oracle's uh, – sorry. So he wants to go to the home world of the Guardians of the Oracle and find out from the Oracle what he needs to do. However, when he gets there, all of the Guardian Council members who need to summon the Oracle have been kidnapped. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, no. So he has to go save them. And so that's your mission throughout the game. You have to go in various levels. You find members of the council. There are eight of them, and you have to go and save them. At the very end of the game, once you've saved them all, you find out where the Shikadi are and what they look like. Apparently, they're really gross looking. And then there you find out they're building an Armageddon machine, which is the paid-for part of the duality. Duality? I guess the second part of the trilogy, I guess. And so that's the second game, Armageddon Machine, and that's where this half of the game ends. Yes. And again, all of this hidden behind... I don't even remember the opening scroll when I played this game. I remember seeing it, like, once. Yeah. But again, it, who cares? You're you're on a map with an overworld, and you're playing levels. And you are playing, once we're getting into the mechanics of the game, it's a 2D yes. side-scroller. Uh, the overworld is an overhead shot, but the gameplay mm. itself, you're a 2D side-scroller platformer. You're jumping around on a just normal jump, a mm -hmm. pogo stick, or you have a stun gun to shoot enemies with. Because in this game, as mentioned earlier, we are not killing enemies anymore. We are stunning them forever. Uh, and not as many stuns as I would have hoped. There were many enemies that you couldn't stun. Which was unfortunate. Yes, that was unfortunate. So, you the other thing about this, even though it's a two D uh, even though it's a two D platformer, you could actually go into rooms at times and into like there was a three D yeah. element to a certain extent that you could go into things. It didn't look three D, but you can jump in and out, which was kind of interesting. Um, and it was a lot of you know up and down, not just side to side when we were moving through yeah. the levels. There was definitely a lot of of different layers to this. Mm -hmm. And this game, let me start over. So the mechanics of this game were kind of derived from, well, especially the original trilogy was derived from Id's attempt to do a PC port of Super Mario 3. So... If you could find this online, it's really cool because the the 
the tech demo of this exists. They called it Dangerous Dave in copyright infringement. So Dangerous <laughs> Dave was was an id product. And they literally recreated the first level of Mario 3. And this was a big deal because it was John Carmack figuring out how to do, like, endless scrolling, stuff like that. So that didn't work out for them because Nintendo didn't want to do PCs, blah, 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 blah. So they took all this technology and put it into Commander Keen, which is why this game looks the way it does in a very familiar sense of... I, I say that, and it's not like there's not a veritable boatload of you know 2d side scrollers yeah, but absolutely at the time this was very different and important so other mechanics of the game are you can get extra lives through points which are all candy and sweets and confectionaries that you pick up throughout the game so the standard i think is the chocolate bar but there's also mm. like a donut soda. ice cream a fireball uh soda jawbreaker Jawbreaker. I know we were talking about that on stream, and we were trying to figure out who was a, oh, a, a jawbreaker. Gobstop well, that's for, yeah. nonsense. It's a it's a jawbreaker. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Uh, so and then the other yes. the other way you can do it is through raindrops. If you get a hundred raindrops, you're able to get an extra life as well. Um, other items you can get in the game are gems that you need to open extra, like, doors and stuff like that throughout the levels. They're keys, essentially, yeah. Yeah, uh, and then a wetsuit that helps you get around certain areas of the game. Yeah, there was three levels that you couldn't get to unless you had the wetsuit. Which I totally forgot about the gems as keys thing. And then we started playing and I hit the first one. It was like, oh yeah, that. I, I didn't realize why I needed the gem. I just remember seeing it and being like, I need this gem, and it's not for points. And I couldn't remember until I got <laughs> to the door, and it had the little thing to hold the gem. And I was like, that's why I needed the gem. Yes, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. And that was something I really had a lot of moments playing this game again was I remembered way more of these early levels than I expected. And oh, yeah. Was like, but I didn't always remember why. Like, I didn't remember <laughs> what was happening, but I was like, I need to do this. I know I need to. I don't remember why. Uh, but it seems mm. like I remembered that on the, like, the red bouncy ball bounder, he's called bounder, if you yeah. stand on the edge of him, he you can guide him around. Yeah. I had forgotten about that until I saw you do it on stream. Right. And that's, yeah, that's a way to get to different secret areas. There, there were secret areas in this game. It was mostly, like, hidden behind wall textures. Mm -hmm. And it was a way to get items or, or yeah. stuff like that. Or, like, there was this little insect thing flying around that I remembered you can only kill by hitting with your pogo stick. Like, little yes. things like that that I was like, I didn't know I would remember this until I was playing the game. And I was like, right, I do remember way more of this game than I originally thought. Yeah, I remember pieces of levels. I remember the one level um, that's in, like, the glass domes. Yes. Where you get the wetsuit. I remember that level a ton. Mm -hmm. I remember the opening levels, obviously, because we played those a lot. We <laughs> yeah, we terrible did. at this game. Um, I remember the music in the pyramids. I remember a lot of the music and sound effects. So, I, I, yeah, a lot of the sound effects and music stood out to me more than I thought. Uh, yeah. Speaking of songs, there are apparently only six songs in the whole game, which makes sense. And they I, get very repetitive, but at the same time, it didn't bother me at all. Yeah, and I remember th most of them, like the the super serious sounding one that's in the pyramids. Yeah, remember that one. Remember the main theme in the overworld mm -hmm. and the one in like the first couple levels. I it, it 
and this the sound effects came back to me too like yeah. the when you get when you get the stun gun ammo and it's like burp, 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 burp. yeah and the, like, the sound effects was... of getting the candy and stuff or the pogo yeah. stick i love the fact in this game if if commander keen jumps and his head hits a ceiling he, you hear a thump, thump, yeah. thump, and it's his I, I remember that, like, just the bonk, 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 as and you're, like, trying to go down this narrow corridor on your pogo stick. Exactly. I, I, I loved those little things, and I remembered a lot of it. Um, we weren't good. Just throwing that out oh, there. I was friggin' hard. It's hard. It's, a, it's not... Those hitboxes are very unforgiving at times. Yeah. And... It, a lot of it was just remembering and adjusting and timings, but mm-hmm. also it was just unforgiving at times. I went through and finally went back and played a bit of the easy mode out of curiosity. Yeah, I did I, that as well. I tried on normal, and so you do. You jump higher. You get mm-hmm. more ammo with every ammo pickup, and there are less enemies. So You don't get more lives, which, is what, more I, lives. which is what I wanted. This but is I got one of those games... a lot more lives because I wasn't dying as often. That's fair. <laughs> So I was up to like six or seven lives at one point when I was playing mm-hmm. through because I could go through and go back and get those items I couldn't get before because right, I wasn't dying right. as often. Right. So yeah, talking about sounds that we remember, the dying sound. Oh, the burr, like. Burr, 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 burr. I yeah, and, and you could like chain together. I was gonna say I forgot yeah. that it. Every time you hit something that would hurt you, it would just keep going. So if you hit a bad spot, it would be like... Burr, 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 and you would burr, just like burr, 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 bounce burr, burr, from one burr. thing that would kill you to another. And it would just remind you, yeah. Remind you how dead you are. Because it's always one hit death. But they would just rub it in. <laughs> yeah. This this game was tough. And so there were cheat codes to this game. And they were cheat codes in the very, very literal sense. It's not the right way to phrase it. They were cheat codes in the sense that they were debug stuff. Mm. Like, if you look at the options, it's like, kill you instantly, uh, make you invincible, jump to a level. Wait, there was an invincibility cheat code? I would do that. Yeah, I could have. I I wanted a give you tons of lives. Kind of like what I said way back in the Earthworm Gym. Yeah. If you give yourself a ton of lives, I think this game would be way better. Because well, I ended up being stuck on, like, one or two lives and just save-scumming the entire time. Right, and that's the Not thing. Not save-scumming, but, like, saving outside of levels. Right, and that's the thing is once you only have... If you have zero lives left, it's so hard because you can't go back and replay levels to try to yeah. grind out more lives. You yeah. have to move forward, and that's tough. Yeah. That's and, you know, challenge of games of that time, but it's like... Call me a lazy modern gamer. Yeah, like, it, it's a, it was a, it was the shareware game. It was free, you know. You have to take yeah. what it is. Yeah, I mean that was all games at that time. Was True. that limited lives? Uh, I it, the gameplay was fun. No, I mean, again, it like it was, fun. it was tough with some of those hit boxes. Like you'd hit an enemy when you didn't think you should. The stupid dragonflies. Yeah. But, oh, those mushrooms. Those mushrooms I remember as a kid. And they yeah. had, like, their tongue hanging out of their mouth. And I remember like the, uh, not knowing that it was a tongue at first as a kid. And then I I genuinely remember the revelation when I was like, I, was like, I remember being like, <laughs> oh, it's its tongue. Gross. <laughs> Gross. But the couldn't, music. Couldn't the stun those. It, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Non-stunnable enemies were a pain in the butt. Yeah. Like the eagle things. The, I mean, lots of things weren't stunnable, honestly. So I think the slugs. I remember the slugs. The slugs, yes. And the poop. The slugs. The, the pooping poop. noise, yeah. 
<laughs> or there was there was another one that um it came in the later levels. It was this like little green dot that if it got close to you, it became big and bit you. And oh I, as yeah. As soon as it started getting close to me, I was like, no, no, I know it's going to happen. Those things were creepy. <laughs> the the structure was interesting because once you got to the main overworld, it pretty much you could get to any level. Mm-hmm. Except Which there was those three. Ones that you needed the, yeah, you needed the wetsuit for. But, yeah, that was interesting, where you could literally go to anything. And And there was, I guess, the secret level. Yeah, and I wonder, it makes me wonder if there, again, kind of like we talk about with the Mario of you were learning as you were going. Yeah. Was there a correct progression of levels that we should have been doing that were progressively harder, but not at a too steep a level because you and i both did the thing of like well this level's not working let's try another one nope i yeah. keep dying here let me try another one and just kind of bouncing around and i'm just wondering if we just weren't finding the right sequence of of levels or we just sucked you know that was also a possibility yeah i i think probably not i mean maybe but i'm trying to look at how they're listed oh. no not really like i'm listing at the the little flow chart that they have on on the commander keen wiki there are so there's 17 levels playable levels and it's like there's that first level border village which you have to do and first. then you could yeah you could get to the perilous pit and then you get through the slug village and it's literally just everything opens up so. i i think they were just different yeah. that was the thing that the level design was incredibly unique i will say that like it, it varied i should say the style and feel of every level did it, after the first three, I would say. Yeah. Were, it, they felt different. You felt like you're in completely different areas every single time you went somewhere. Yeah. Even if it had the exact same music you were just listening to sometimes, they still felt very, very different. And that, that was really cool. Yeah. I think it's, it's core audience was again, those people that were on the mis- message boards and, and BBSs. Yeah. Little bit, little bit before our time. I don't think we yeah. were really playing until you were in like third or fourth grade. That was another interesting thing when I was playing the easy mode, kind of talking about the capabilities of the game. When I had ammo reach ninety nine, the top icon still said ninety nine, but if you did the drop down menu, which was a little bit more in depth, it uh-huh. would actually say your full number. So it was like ninety nine, but if I opened up my menu, it was like a hundred and five. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Oh, I don't know if I ever noticed that. Like, I knew kind of when you hit ninety nine and it, you would fire, it wouldn't decrement down. Right, but it was actually hmm. counting, and you could pull down the yeah. menu and see actually how much you had. Yeah, which, which was the only way to see how many uh, raindrops. raindrops you had. Yeah, that's correct. So that was kind of interesting. That's why I was looking at that menu. I was checking my raindrops. And I was like, oh, look, it says I have 103 Mm. ammo. And then saw it was like 99. I was like, that's hilarious. Overall, we didn't finish the game. We played good chunks of it. I just don't think my skill level is up to finishing this game. (laughs) I I I don't know if we ever finished this game as kids. Oh, we certainly didn't. There's zero (laughs) chance that we did. I I think, again, if if I could find a way to get... 99 lives i would be well more inclined because trying to load and save all the time was invincible invincible no because i don't i still want the challenge of the game i know you're not me i would cheat (laughs) and the, the 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 gun is officially called a neural stunner yeah because you can't kill anything because kids i think with all that information with all of our play it's time. Chris, 
what do you give? What's sorry, Chris? What score do you give Commander Keen and the Secret of the Oracle? I'm going to give it an eight. It was frustrating with the lives and a little bit with the hitbox stuff, but genuinely, I thought other than that, the mechanics were were pretty clean. The level design was great. I I wish that I had more lives, so it would just, if nothing else, it would make restarting levels quicker. Yeah, like, give me a challenge to say I've I've never been. I like the challenge of the micro at the micro level. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't mind starting that level over hundreds of times, but when I have to start the entire game over, that's frustrating. But again, call me an old crotchety or a, a new crotchety gamer. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What would you give Oracle secret of the Oracle? I'd give it a seven out of 10. I enjoyed it. There are just so many things that you're like, yeah, the live system is always frustrating. The hitboxes was super frustrating at times. There were definitely times when I would jump and you can't see anything and you would die because you couldn't see the enemy above you. And that not getting a there, chance to defend yourself always. There I were some that. blind jumps. Yeah. The, the blind Did you know you could shift the camera up and down? Yes, I know you could. Okay. And I needed to remember to do that more. And that's why I guess you can kind of see why they allow that to happen because they're like, well, yeah. look around you. But you don't think about that a lot of times. You're just jumping around. You don't think, like, yeah. look two feet above me and two feet below me. Like, I mean, just... I do, but we that's, that's our style of gaming. Our different styles that's of gaming true. in a nutshell. <laughs> that's <very> true. <laughs> so, 7 out of 10. I did enjoy it. I love the music. I love the look of it and everything. I just There were a lot of frus- frustrating parts. And I think there are better platformers even that came out at the same time. Like the Mario's or... I was going to say, like what? Like but the Mario Mario's. is a decent one. <laughs> Sonic. I like Sonic better. That's fair. Fair enough. So I, I did still really enjoy it. I just yeah. wasn't my favorite in the long run. So I would say, though, go back and play it. Even if you've never played it before, you can get the whole trilogy. You can get the whole series, I should say. Not even yeah. a trilogy. You can get the whole series on Steam for like, five bucks or something it's like, like five dollars yeah it, totally it's still worth a lot it. of fun the music is a lot of fun it's just kind of a really nostalgia it's, feeling it's an incredibly clean platformer yeah like well again we talked about the hitboxes being weird but like other than that i thought the mechanics were were very very solid um play easy mode you jump higher it's fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> it looks like we nailed our predicted scores by the way yes so we were yeah you were a seven and i was an eight for the rose scores, you gave it a six, and I had a seven and a half. So, we our scores actually came up from from the rose, which we is kind of surprising. Mean on the rose, clearly. Then. I guess I think we were expecting it to be hard, and it was. But again, it wasn't. It wasn't uh, impossibly hard, and I think maybe our yeah. perception of hard has changed. Though, as adults, we're more used to games that are hard at times, and as long that's as true. You know, as long as you're still enjoying it, it's okay. There right. are games that you stop enjoying when they're hard, and this was still enjoyable most of the time. I didn't rage <laughs> quit it, so you know, that's a plus. It's the 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 kind of open worldness made it a lot less frustrating. Yeah. As opposed to as opposed to like Sonic and stuff like that, where it's just like if one level is making you mad, you could just go to a different one and try that for a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's very true. So. Overall, I'd say play the game. Even if you take a look at it, if you've never played it before, it can be fun if you like platformers. You do have to like yeah. 2D scrolling platformers, but it is it is fun yeah. if you do like that genre of games. Definitely check it out I, on Steam. 
as we've said, it's if you want to play a piece of gaming history, that definitely is go play true. this game because it's it's. Play the I know a lot of people we've talked to. Yeah, we're like, oh, I forgot about this game, but it is really one of those bedrocks of of PC two D side scrollers. Yep. Yeah, and just gaming in general, and you know, in software. So on that note, when addressing what our next game's going to be, we're going to play a series that is another building block of gaming. But instead of playing the game that is the building block, we're playing a random one in the series. We're playing Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. It's not really random. <laughs> like it's It's not one of the classics though. No, well it is a classic. It's I not guess. It's not like It is weird how it's not talked about as much as It's the not others. the original. It's not Save it for next time. Yeah. We'll talk about it in the next episode, but we are yes. playing, as I said, but, the Game Boy game, Link's Awakening. We are streaming some of it already. You probably knew that if you caught our streams, and if you didn't, yep. that's a good way of finding out what games are coming up. Check us out on Twitch at GWGW Show. You can check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at GWGW Show. I won't lie, we've been kind of bad with social media over the last couple months. We are going to be better. That will be our New Year's resolution. Absolutely. And if you pre-New Year's resolution. I will say, if you message us, we will respond. Yes. We we have been pretty good at responding, just not actually writing posts. So we'll be better. We'll be better. Check it out. But check us out on, on Twitch. As I said, it's a great way of seeing what games are coming up down the line. We also have our kind of fun modern games that pop up in there as well. Uh, you could see all four of us on Tuesdays as a hot mess playing Coast to Coast Co-op. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly yelling at each other. You know, fun yep. stuff. Big thanks to all of our listeners and everyone that talks to us on on Twitch, stuff like that. It's great hearing from you guys. It's great to get the feedback. As we said at the beginning, looking at the Spotify stuff was was awesome to see. So keep listening. Give us a subscription on, uh, give us a subscribe on Twitch, on any of the social media, on Apple. Leave us a review. We love hearing from you guys. Big shout out to our producers as well. Couldn't have done any of this without them. Keeping us on track, on level, making sure we don't make too much of a fool of ourselves while we're recording unless they want to make a fool out of us and then they let us make a fool of ourselves and then hold it against us later (laughs) but thank you very much this will be the last episode of 2021 so thank you all for a wonderful 2021 we will see you all in the new year with a new episode so say goodbye chris goodbye chris happy new year early Yeah, I had that the other day. I was naked and surrounded by three of my own bodies. (laughs) (laughs) We know what the post credits clip is. I knew that as I was saying. Yeah. I was I was gonna let you finish the thought. I was just like, nope, gotta let this Yep, happen. No, we're we're gonna get this we're gonna get this on tape.